Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz is in Canada and expected to sign a green energy deal with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Newfoundland today. Germany currently relies on natural gas as the most important source of home heating, and Russia's Nord Stream 1 pipeline delivers most of that gas. Yeah, the problem is that we relied on uh, cheap Russian gas for too long, and now we have to cope with that. Claudia Schultz, who, by the way, is not related to Chancellor Schultz, is on a Burns Fellowship at the Globe and Mail. She's visiting us from her newspaper, the German business daily Handelsblatt. Claudia will help us understand the seriousness of Germany's energy crisis and why the country is looking to Canada for a new green energy deal. This is The Decibel. Claudia, thank you so much for talking to me today. Hi, nice to meet you. Can you give us a sense of what this energy crisis in Germany feels like? Like, for for people in Germany right now, how much higher are energy bills today compared to before the war with Ukraine? Around three quarters of Germans heat with gas. Mm -hmm. So these consumers are now being hit particularly hard by the high prices of gas. The average gas price for a single-family household has increased uh, 109% since last December. 109%. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And also electricity costs, they climbed by 20%. And we're in the middle of of summer right now. What What are people being told to expect for the coming winter? I mean, um, citizens are (laughs) stocking up on firewood and emergency generators at the moment. Berlin uh, does not longer light up some of its landmarks. So like the Brandenburg Gate is dark. Yeah, or the Victory Column. (laughs) Wow. And some cities no longer heat the public buildings and swimming pools. Citizens are also cutting back on energy. So far this year, gas consumption is 14% lower than in the same period last year. Mm. So, And also the federal government wants to ease the b- burden on consumers by lowering the tax on gas. I think for a lot of us in Canada, it's, it's kind of strange to think of, of modern-day Germany in this state. Yeah, the problem is that we relied on uh, cheap Russian gas for too long. Mm. And now we have to cope with that. And... Um, The problem is that renewable energy um, can't fill the gap so fast and um, we have to now reactivate our nuclear power plants and um, coal-fired power plants have to live longer (laughs) to meet the needs of our economy. Yeah, because Germany has actually worked very hard to kind of move away from coal power plants. Nuclear plants were supposed to be shut down by the end of the year. But now Germany is actually going to be reopening some of these coal plants, probably extending nuclear then to to make sure people have enough energy. That's true. So uh, it's also a pivotal moment for the Greens. Um, the political party in Germany, the Greens, yeah, you're saying. Yeah, the Greens. They have now uh, to move towards um, all they uh, wanted to avoid. So we know this is related to to Russia. Uh, After Russia invaded Ukraine, countries like Germany, 
sanctions on Russia, and then Russia retaliated. Uh, can you tell us what restrictions has Russia exactly placed on the export of energy, like like oil and natural gas, to Germany? Yeah, mm, the fact of, that gas prices are currently skyrocketing um, is due to the big shortage of gas in Europe and in Germany. So Russia has cut um, gas supplies um, through the gas pipeline, uh, Nord Stream 1, uh, to Germany um, to 20% of its capacity. 20%. And you have to bear in mind that Russia was Europe's largest energy supplier and Germany's. So the, uh, the country supplied 40% of European gas before it invaded Ukraine. Also, other countries in Europe are affected uh, by this. Uh, for example, Russia cut off um, completely the gas for countries like Poland and Bulgaria. Hmm. So Germany is not the only country that's that's kind of facing this problem then. But Germany has the largest industry that relied on the cheap gas. Hmm. We've spoken on the show before with one of our reporters, Steve Chase, uh, about Canada making an exception to our own Russian sanctions in order to deliver a turbine being repaired in Canada uh, back to the Russian energy company Gazprom. Canada did that at Germany's request because the turbine was part of that Nord Stream 1 pipeline that we're talking about, the pipeline delivering natural gas from Russia to Germany. So I wonder, did, did us returning that turbine, did it at all help the situation with energy flowing to Germany? Um, actually, uh, it didn't. Hmm. Um, because it's still the turbine is still in Germany, and um, it's yeah. not even at the in the pipeline then. No, the turbine is only a means of pressure. Uh, is waiting to be uh, taken back to Russia, but um, Russia um, blames the Germans. Um, the Siemens Energy Company says there are documents missing from the Russians. They don't want to take it back and um, are threatening to cut Germany off entirely. Hmm. Okay, so Germany is saying Russia's missing paperwork, Russia's saying the German company is missing paperwork, and the turbine is just kind of sitting in exactly. limbo then. Uh, you said they've, they've threatened to, to shut off the pipeline completely? Yeah, um, Gazprom, the, the state um, Russian state-owned company, they said due to maintenance uh, reasons, they want to um, stop the, the gas supply for three days in, at the end of August. And um, so there is a bit uh, of um, fear or, or threat that they would cut off the gas supply entirely. So the crisis has, this crisis has really been caused by by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, um, which we're passing the, the sixth month mark of this week. It's, it's been going on for mm. six months now. I, I wonder, have, have all of these energy issues within Germany, have they affected the German public's support for Ukraine? Um, I think uh, the support is still strong and politicians are always saying this, that um, they are um, behind their allies in the US. And so you can see also um, that they won't open, for example, Nord Stream 2, the other pipeline of Russia. Uh, this is a good sign um, that they um, are not giving up and they um, will withstand the Russian pressure. And so would you say from, from your, your knowledge, I guess, of the, the sentiment in Germany, would you say the German public is still supportive of, of Ukraine then? 
Yeah, I, I think so. It's um, we're still not um, living on the streets because <laughs> of the high energy prices. Um, people can uh, still cope with uh, that, and the government supports them with our social net. So all of this is is the the context um, of of why Chancellor Olaf Scholz is is in Canada this week. Who else is part of the German delegation that is visiting along with him? Robert Habeck, our federal minister of economics, uh, is joining the trip, and um, dozens of executives from different German companies uh, also. Um, given the fact that um, the chancellor and the vice chancellor. Scholz and Habeck, they are both traveling to Canada. Um, that means that they, um, that Canada will play an important role in the future. I mean, as it stands now, Canada is, is not a huge trading partner with Germany. I think Canada is, is Germany's 31st largest trading partner. So we're not right. really high up there. I guess, what does Germany want from, from this visit here? Few countries seem as predestined for this as Canada um, because it's politically stable, uh, it shares Western values, uh, it has great energy resources, and um, maybe it uh, won't help us now for the next winters, but uh, it's more about a long term relationship. The deal that's being signed today, uh, Tuesday, it's it's being signed in Stephenville, Newfoundland. And we're expecting this deal to be about hydrogen, Claudia. Why hydrogen here? Green hydrogen um, could be the um, energy of the future to meet German needs. And um, there is a great potential in Canada to um, produce this uh, green um, hydrogen which is only produced by um, renewables. You know, green hydrogen um, has no um, emissions at all when produced. Hmm. And so when you're calling it green hydrogen, it's green because it's, it's got no emissions then, is that right? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And earlier, we thought this deal might have included liquefied natural gas, uh, which would make sense because Germany's facing a gas shortage. Why isn't liquefied natural gas LNG. Why isn't it part of this deal now? Uh, it came uh, quite surprisingly that LNG gas wouldn't be on the table at all during this trip. It's probably because, first of all, there is no infrastructure in Canada and on the East Coast when it comes to LNG terminals that would be needed for the export to Germany. So. It's very unlikely that there will be a short-term relationship for gas, liquefied gas. And it's not really in the plans of the leaders of Canada and Germany. They want to move towards renewables and uh, a green economy. Germany is planning to phase out natural gas by 2035. So LNG gas doesn't fit in very well into this. And there are so many uh, obstacles to um, cope with. Uh, there is still no pipeline that brings the gas from Alberta in, in Western Canada to the East Coast. So the um, with people, they don't want pipelines normally. So <laughs> no mm. one wants pipelines. Mm. Um, 
there are lots of problems. So uh, LNG gas isn't um, on the table at all. And why Newfoundland? This deal is being signed in Newfoundland. Why, what makes Newfoundland a good place to make green hydrogen? I think it's windy. <laughs> and um, there are um, several projects um, for wind farms, but um, also in other places in, in Quebec, for example, you have a lot of hydroelectricity production. So we don't know the specifics of, of, of this deal exactly, but we do know that there's there's other stuff in the works as well. Uh, and I know just yesterday on Monday, um, you heard about another deal that's happening between a Canadian company and a German company to look at production um, at a wind farm uh, on the East Coast as well. Can you tell me about that deal? Yeah, it um, could be quite interesting also for your audience because um, there will be um, an accord between the uh, Canadian company Everwind and the German um, company Uniper, a big um, gas company in, in, in Germany. And they want to create uh, Canada's first green hydrogen hub in Nova Scotia. And um, they talked about an agreement for 500,000 tons uh, per year of green ammonia. And you need to know green ammonia is a way to bring um, hydrogen over the Atlantic. It's a good way to yeah, transport it because normally hydrogen isn't easy to transport. And so building up this uh, green ammonia uh, facility is uh, also a good uh, way to um, prepare Canada for the export of hydrogen to Europe. Hmm. So we said it's, you know, this this may take some time to build up a little bit of the infrastructure here. I'm wondering about how long it will take to see any impact from, from this deal. Yeah. Will this be able to help Germany Germany's energy crisis right now? Um, no, you're right. Um, that won't help us <laughs> through the next winters. Um, experts say that um, there is uh, a likelihood that um, hydrogen exports could begin um, by 2025 mm. from uh, Canada. So it w will probably help us later. Um, short term, this is not going to help Germany very much. I guess I wonder, is is there kind of a political angle to all of this? Like, does Chancellor Schultz need to be seen trying to do something because Germans are in a really tight situation? Is is there kind of, I don't know. I, I, you tell me if this is any part of it or not. Um, this is a good point, I think. Um, yeah, politicians have to show that they are acting and helping the country. It's more um, of a um, sign to show they're um, doing something than really um, finding solutions for the moment. So this is kind of a long-term plan. What what will Germany do in the short term, though? We have to um, get our LNG terminals uh, built up and running um, to maybe get more gas from the US, from Saudi Arabia to get also gas from uh, other European countries. We have to also reduce our consumption, mm. <laughs> probably. The most realistic way for Canada to help satisfy Germany's energy needs might be some kind of energy swap, mm. experts say. So that um, LNG exports from Western Canada, where there is still a um, terminal, 
in construction. And this, these exports from there could have an indirect impact on Europe and lower prices so that Canadian gas exports could replace US-American LNG exports to Asia, which would allow the US to increase the volume to send uh, to Europe. This is the the theory. <laughs> Bit of an energy swap then. So we send LNG to Asia and then the US doesn't have to send as much to Asia and exactly. instead, instead can send it to Europe. Yeah, that's the plan. How likely is something like that to happen? I mean, I haven't heard of any um, plans um, about this, uh, but it's like in theory that um, could be an, a solution. So I think it will be discussed also during the trip. Mm. Claudia, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our summer producer is Zara Kozema. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.